everybody. Welcome to Live with Marie here at Marie Healthy and Fit. Today we are going to be having a special guest, Amanda. She was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and she's going to be telling us all about her journey. Stay tuned for Amanda to be coming on and telling us about her life as it is today. So, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on live with us today. I've been looking forward to this interview all month long. I know. I've been very excited. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So, let's let everybody know first, you live in Columbus, Ohio. I do. How are you yeah. doing there right now with a quarantine and everything crazy, you know? Right. I'm doing pretty well. Um, I've been working from home, so my couch has been my new office, which has been kind of nice, mm -hmm. um, and I've just kind of been staying indoors, Yeah. Uh, and only taking my dog out, so I'm definitely following protocols, um, kind of just doing what people should be doing by kind of staying inside and social distancing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We kind of find more about ourselves being alone, too, right? Oh, 100%. Um, I spent a very long time, like, not really, only, like, interacting with people through FaceTime and that kind of stuff um, for about two months before I actually kind of saw family members or a friend. Wow. Um, so it was kind of a lot. Um, when you live alone, you kind of learn a lot more about yourself in general, um, but kind of just being with my dog for that long was kind of very interesting. Aww. And your dog's name's Penelope. Yes. She is probably my plus one. She's just sitting over by the door. She wants to go outside. Oh, <laughs> I love Penelope, and I love that you have an Instagram page for her. It is so adorable. Yeah, um, we would go to Starbucks, and the baristas wanted to be able to see her whenever we wouldn't come through. So um, because of them, she has an Instagram account. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How adorable is that? That's so adorable. Okay, so Amanda, tell me a little bit about where you attended college and what you were in college for and what you were studying. Perfect. So I actually went to the University of Akron. It's here in Ohio. Okay. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I went into college. Mm -hmm. um, I knew that I wanted to do something kind of art-related or creative. Um, and my aunt actually kind of took me around to go through um, different colleges. And Akron was the only one that kind of felt home. Yeah. Um, with their art program. Um, so I actually ended up going to school for fashion merchandising, illustration, and marketing. So it was kind of fun to get a wide range of things under my belt so when I graduated, I wouldn't have to um, ever go back to school. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. I love that you went to school for fashion and marketing. Um, that's totally a whole nother project that we can get, talk about on another live show I know, because we're talking about how you used to live here and work for a fashion brand so yes we could go on and on about that we first. could totally and Akron I used to have to drive by because I had from Columbus Ohio to Detroit Michigan when I worked for Victoria's Secret and I was a district sales manager on the right. road traveling nonstop and it's cow land Oh, 100%. Yeah. All you see so is you grass. Have your, like, and, cities, and, and <laughs> it's just like farms, and then a city, and then farms. I know, I know, but it's gorgeous, though. You know, yeah. it's definitely gorgeous. So I love that you went for fashion and marketing. So did that lead you to a career as what you're doing today? What? 
is your career um, today? I actually moved to New York City the day after I graduated college. Okay. Um, and I didn't have a job, just kind of was going there to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up working for a startup for a fashion designer. Um, it was her side project where mm. I kind of helped up-and-coming contemporary artists um, print their artwork so that anyone could get reasonably priced artwork for their homes so they can wow. kind of build their own galleries but still have well-known artists artwork I love so that's that kind of what I did so it was kind of my a breakdown of kind of marketing and my art background um but after kind of working a little bit in the fashion world I realized that was not what I wanted to do oh um so I then kind of got this other job where I design apps and websites and that's what I've been doing for about seven years now Wow, so do you, you must love it if you've been doing it for seven years. I do. It's kind of something that you can kind of transition depending on what's going on in the world and what's like trending. Yeah. Um, so a continuously changing like job and projects. So it kind of keeps me moving forward and kind of focused. That's great. Okay, so I'm not very technical. I mean, I can handle an Instagram account, but when it comes to the computer, oh, forget it. I'm like, you know, I might have to call you back after this is done. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I will help as much as possible. I get a lot of calls about a lot of different things. Yeah. Whether it's coding, different design stuff. So I'm always that person people call. That's awesome. So... What was your greatest inspiration in your life? It could have been from a childhood experience to, you know, just recently. What would that experience be that puts you where the happiness is of what you do today? Um, I probably, which is crazy as it seems, my diagnosis probably was one of my big, like, inspirational moments. Um, When I was diagnosed, I actually laughed. Um, because I finally had a doctor who believed me, who wanted to kind of um, give me the time of day, which um, yeah. a lot of us don't get that. Um, so it was one of those moments that kind of transitioned the rest of my life, sort of. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see how I was before and where I am now. Um, mm-hmm. I've become so much more vulnerable Um as people can see on my Instagram. Um, and and just, kind of, just for the viewers just joining in now, you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Yes. So you um, took so, it, instead of a negative, you took it as, I got to keep moving forward. Right. So my Instagram before all of this was just kind of like my outfit of the day, random pictures of just me and my dog, and it didn't mm-hmm. really have a lot of oomph to it. It was uh-huh. just like, here I am today. Um, so through kind of my diagnosis, I used my Instagram account kind of as therapy for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of then transitioned to people being like they could relate to um, different symptoms, different things that I had going on. So it kind of became a bigger moment for everyone else to kind of yeah. relate and be able to have discussions. Yeah, and which is a very powerful tool, as we both know, we both have multiple sclerosis, and that that phrase that we all use, you don't get it until you get it, um, is so true, and trying to describe what we feel and how it attacks us every day is totally different, but we all understand because we've all had that reaction at one point in time. Yeah, 
And so it's kind of like, I don't know, I always say it's cool to kind of have your own little friend community, mm -hmm. um, but that's pretty much what our MS kind of community is on Instagram. It is. I mean, we are a really super strong community, and I love the fact that when we don't hear from each other, we actually reach out like, and find out, how are you? What's going on? And I've noticed um, that I get so busy with all the new things I've been adding to my life that I'm like, oh, I haven't seen her feed in a while. And I've like right. hunt you guys down. I'm like, what's going on? How are you? Right. Yeah. Um, which is kind of crazy because like people in our normal daily lives don't check in with us as much as like the community that we have on Instagram does, which I think is kind of amazing that we can get that bond even with people that we've never met. We've never met. No. I, I mean, we, we, we meet this way, right? Right. But we yeah. never met in person, but we truly, it's like kismet. It, it is the multiple sclerosis society of women and men around the world that we have connected through a magical force of Instagram, the ability to read, and then the ability to say, I'm here for you. Or, oh my God, I loved your post today and I really needed that today. And then I love it when you post pictures of you and Penelope and you write about your life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so adorable. So sometimes you just need like a happy photo mm -hmm. to talk about something that's not so happy. Exactly. It's kind of that balance of, you know what, today's not that great, but here's this cute photo so that you can smile at it while mm -hmm. you read this really not so great thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We are all writing our own journey and our autobiography through Instagram when you really think about it with most of us on how much we share on the positive and on the negative of the disease to help the world understand and I'm grateful for this platform Same. you know I never would have found you if it right. wasn't for this um, platform I would be super lost if I wouldn't have this community mm -hmm. I talk about how like, every time somebody connects with me, I'm like, you don't understand what's at your fingertips right now. <laughs> you can pretty much, like, talk about any symptom, and someone's going to understand it. You're mm -hmm. not alone, and this community helps prove that. So true. Actually, you know what? It really is true. Right? That just gave me chills, like my hair <laughs> standing up on my, on the, like, my hair. Um, what advice would you give to someone just diagnosed with MS? on how you approached it. We both kind of approached our diagnosis the same way. Like we had been told so many times that there's nothing wrong with you. You're just stressed out. You're you're a young career woman. You're working too hard. You need some sleep. Take a Prozac, take a Xanax. But when you and I both found out our diagnosis, it was like a day of, thank God. Just so like I'm Right? breath like you finally kind of have that weight lifted like I can finally breathe I finally know what direction I can go and this isn't kind of like a life sentence this is mm -hmm. this is the diagnosis how do we move forward um so with that I don't like I get people messaging me that have just gotten diagnosed and they ask me that question all the time mm -hmm. like what what do I need to know um, so I always say that you have to find a support system, like whoever you end up going to for your doctor, 
they need to be on your side. They need to understand and they need to be prepared and ready to listen to you because you're going to be your own advocate. So exactly. if they're not willing to listen to you at the beginning, get a new doctor. Gonna, yeah, they're not going to listen to you in the end. So also giving yourself grace. No matter if you can do it today mm-hmm. or yesterday doesn't mean you can't or won't be able to the next day. So I kind of like to give them advice and like knowing that every day is different. So it's kind of a way to balance what you know, what you are learning mm-hmm. every single day. Exactly. Yeah. Because we're constantly having to retrain ourselves. We're always retraining our brain. That part of the brain of wherever our lesions are has shut it down. And some of the, the lesions are so deep that that part's never going to come back. And it's right. kind of like the old maps. Everyone has a GPS today. So we, right? But yeah. the old way was you had a map and you had to figure out what route to take. So our brains are constantly trying to find, okay, you just asked me something, but we have to it, ha- it takes forever to get down to the thought process and out to the mouth. And so constantly relearning, retraining. And once you realize that, I believe living with MS and you are, are become part of this amazing community, you really start to live your life. I really think so. Um, I've had a lot of people that are like super scared and super nervous. And I was like, you got to find your little wins. you got to find your positives because if you don't, you're going to let MS win. And mm-hmm. none of us want you to let MS win. Yeah. So it's finding those positives. It's finding those little wins every single day. Like some days just getting out of bed, that's my win. And I accept it and I move <laughs> on. Um, so it's just kind of finding something every single day that you are proud of yourself for. Yeah. Or that you're like, you know what? I did that. I'm excited. And now I can go take a nap. But it's, it's all about the balance. It totally is. And you just brought up a key subject, the nap, taking a nap. So our brains don't really shut down for us at nighttime. We suffer extreme anxiety and, um, okay, now, Amanda, my brain's not working. Insomnia. We suffer extreme insomnia, all of us. Um, So napping is key. I take, Um, like, a nap every day. I pretty much spend my whole weekend sleeping. Mm -hmm. After working full-time all week, my weekends are just naps. Re-energizing your body. Yeah. Giving your your, uh, battery a a recharge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so the battery of a car, our brain, a recharge. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Um, so that's great advice for you to give to a young multiple sclerosis or even an older person um, getting diagnosed in their 40s or 30s. Um, it, I think it's good for families of people who get diagnosed to kind of know those things too. If you have like your support system who help you realize your little wins or like kind of prove how far mm-hmm. you've gone, yeah, that only helps you even more to be like, oh, that couldn't happen a month ago, but I can do that now. Exactly. It's kind of helpful to have your support system also kind of moving forward with you too. Yeah, totally agree with that. That's a perfect comment. I love that. I love that you answered that. Um, okay, let's go back to a little bit of your life again. Um, who was your greatest mentor growing up in life and why? I would probably say 
say my mom and my sister. Um, my mom was a single mom, so watching her kind of put me and my sister first and teaching us everything and kind of showing us how to kind of be strong, to love, um, and not kind of hold grudges or mm-hmm. kind of look at pain that you go through and kind of continuously, like, you learned a lesson from this. Now what are you going to do? Um, and yeah. I truly believe that that kind of helped me in my diagnosis as well. Um, going through my whole life kind of processing kind of not so great things and realizing, you know what, I can move past this. So now what am I going to do? So I definitely think that that helped with my diagnosis. Um, but also my sister is seven years older than me and today's her birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, sis! <laughs> um, so having someone who has kind of gone through the ropes and kind of went through life a couple years ahead of me mm-hmm. definitely helped me kind of have that person to ask questions um, and kind of be able to mimic what she did to make sure that I was going in the correct direction. That's great. So you have an already amazing support system already at home. Yes. And you had two amazing mentors through your life. So now you're able to mentor other MS warriors or mentor anybody. Hi, Penelope. Uh, I to make her appearance. <laughs> but I only so hope cute. that I can help inspire and make people feel less alone because sometimes this can get really scary. So knowing that you have someone to talk to or you can read something that someone said, um, I think it's super important. So important. It truly is so important. And I love the fact that nobody is using, well, I mean, people are still using Instagram as just the picture and you get a like. I love the fact that our community, our multiple sclerosis community, brothers and sisters, we write about the disease. We write about the the fear, the phantom, the torment, the pain. But then we also write about the joy and the love and our, our accomplishments to each other. And I believe if we didn't have this platform, we would all be in really bad shape. So if anyone's listening on the Instagram side of the world, thank you, Instagram, because <laughs> you've made it accessible for me, for you, to reach everybody around the world mm-hmm. with a simple piece of technology. Yeah, I used to get told how horrible my writing was, that I couldn't write and all this, but just having a platform where I can just kind of spew my emotions, kind of make mm-hmm. people feel like they under, like can have someone to understand um, has been super helpful for me. Um, I know that my writing is not... A-plus material, but... It, your I writing is amazing. Has- Never let anyone tell you your writing's not A-plus material. Everybody's <laughs> writing is amazing because it's their writing. It's right. you. It's, right. That's how I kind of write. That's what you're going to get across. I definitely write how I talk. Yeah. I just kind of spew my emotions out and put some emojis in there and then move on. <laughs> exactly. But it works. And that's where your light comes from. So you inspire through your true self, your truth, and how you write. I don't want you to write like anyone else. I want to know Amanda and how you speak and how you verbally tell us what's going on through your work. I definitely see people's personality come out 
in how they write about things. You can definitely tell when someone needs you to send them like a personal message, mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm here for you if you ever need to talk. Um, so I think you can hear people's actual personalities and voices come out once you start following them for so long. Mm -hmm. You kind of know, like, oh, she needs a little extra love or he needs a little message. So you yeah. kind of get that, which I think is super important. So important. So, so important. What kind of um, support do you have as far as your physical therapy? Do you go to a physical therapy office like I used to go to um, to help your body stay strong living with MS? Or do you have your own routine that you do at home? And one of those things, what would you suggest to me that maybe I don't know that I can use to help me through my painful days of doing a physical therapy? So I don't currently go to physical therapy. Okay. Um, thanks to our medical system, you only get so many. Oh, um, <laughs> pharma, yeah. Right. So many sessions. Um, so my team has decided that we kind of want to hold on those. Um, every time I kind of have a flare, a big one, I can't walk. Yeah, um, so I know how that feels. It's super important. Um, so I do like stretching and okay. yoga um, to kind of help with that. Um, also just walking. Penelope is kind of my workout and kind of keeps me moving and motivated. Yeah. Um, so I always tell people to go take a walk. Like even if you can't walk very far, the sunshine and the fresh air is good for you no matter how far you can walk. Exactly. Um, even if you just walk outside to your porch. And then you've got Penelope there, and then you're feeling the air, you're feeling the sun, and you're listening to the birds or whatever's going on in your street, which is also therapy for our brain because it's re-registering right. every emotion, every sound that we're listening to. Exactly. So it's like, um, kind of like a sponge. So I always suggest that. And then I actually play like games on my phone to help my brain kind of stay active okay so do you suggest work, one of those play. games which one is your favorite um the new one that i've been playing i forget what it's called it's like there's little like bases and they have balls in them and you have to get all four matching balls in each base oh and so it's one of those games that it helps my brain kind of shut down from work but mm -hmm. also kind of keeps it like relearning right so it's kind of a fun game that sounds um, fun so that, that would actually be both sides of the brain logical and um the right left brain so you're right. using both so you're retraining i love that you're gonna have to so like send I me a picture of, of the I'll game send, i'll send you the game after okay um but i kind of like to find new games to kind of keep my brain kind of working um during i had speech pathology uh, a speech therapist and um an OT that kind of helped figure out different things that would kind of help. Um, and like, they're like, you work full time, you don't need to work your brain too much. Um, so kind of finding a game that makes you kind of relax. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also listen to a podcast that kind of, it's called Sleepy, so it's supposed to help you sleep, but oh. I also, it's a guy who just reads to you. Um, I like that. So it's just kind of a nice, like, relaxing, like, anytime I get super, like, worked up or, like, frustrated or my body's like, girl, you need to relax, um, I turn that on um, so that it kind of soothes me back to, like, 
reality. Yeah. So he has a nice soothing voice if you like it. Oh, Please share okay. that with us on your page because yes. I need to tune into that podcast. Right. Yeah, exactly. I never even thought of doing, looking up a podcast. I mean, I listen to spa music and I have like my candles and sage and everything that relaxes right. my body. Um, but I love that idea. So right. He reads like classic books. So your brain already sort of knows the story, but then you can kind of zone out because you already know it. That is that is like the newest thing I have ever heard that is good for multiple sclerosis yeah. or good for anybody. So right. yeah, I, can yeah. you please post that on your page yes. or send I it? Post that in the game that I play. I, but yeah, those are kind of my two secret things that I've kind of found that like help me yeah. kind of practice my brain moving back and forth, but also kind of relaxing, which is super important for us. So important. Totally believe in that. Um, that's great therapy. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is like a fun question. We're not really on MS, but it does affect us be having MS. If you could go anywhere in the world to help a team of other people, it could be people with MS at an event, or it could be just helping people anywhere, like say, go build a well or whatever it is, teaching children, um, whatever you want to do, what would that be and where? Um, I probably, I always kind of wanted to be an art therapist, mm -hmm. so I probably want to go to a children's hospital and kind of be able to talk to kids and make sure that they're not scared, yeah. um, and kind of teach them kind of fun, relaxing things to do while you're stuck in a hospital. Yeah. Um, all of us have kind of learned that we're stuck in hospitals a lot. A lot. <laughs> ways to, um, make it not as sucky um so i kind of want to do something like that and i definitely go to europe either northern ireland or london Ooh, okay i've never been to either one of those i've been to almost every other state overseas but never ireland or london so yeah. that would be great ireland would be incredible just the greenery alone yeah. ireland is absolutely beautiful like descending into ireland is an experience that you can't really explain. Wow. And I love their accents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you know that also um, listening to other accents triggers new parts of our brain that have never been activated before? Mm -hmm. I just found that out. And when we're yeah, in a brain fog. They, that's why they do um, the different, like, I mean, they also do it for other reasons, but like whenever you have your GPS and that kind of stuff, <laughs> it's supposed to help trigger your brain to listen, where mm -hmm. if it's an accent that you're so used to zoning out, then you don't actually listen. Yes. Um, so that's why they always put a bunch of different ones on there so that it triggers your brain differently. That's funny because I change my accent every three months in my car. Yeah. yeah. So I have, um, I first started off with French. Then I switched to um, like a Jamaican accent, and yeah. then I switched. Now I'm listening to um, Australian yeah. accent. No, but see, you were already doing it without yeah. knowing why. You were doing it. Yeah, I was just like, I just want to learn a new accent. Like I want to, I right. love hearing it. Yeah. And yeah, that's why I love traveling. I love sitting in a cafe and just watching and listening, or even where I live today. Right, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're all from a giant pot of mixtures from around the world. So I just love hearing all those amazing stories. Exactly. I love learning about new cultures, new things to kind of make sure that I'm not getting blindsided by something. I love knowing and learning constantly. That's great. And that's something that's so important living with multiple sclerosis or any autoimmune disease or any disease in general. When we try to force something on it, it doesn't work. When you gradually bring it into your life and you accept it as like almost like a personal challenge, but of awareness, you start to find yourself blooming like a flower. And it's just, it's so incredible. Yeah. So incredible. Yeah. I think that that's something that we're all kind of good at is finding, I mean, we have new normals every day. So continuously making sure we're learning new things is kind of already in our repertoire. Um, so I think that that's why so many of us have so many like very open conversations because we're constantly learning. I truly believe that, Amanda. So totally believe that. And I also want to go back to that's what makes our community so strong. There's a million communities in the world, but I have got to say the MS community has every single color of the rainbow a person. It affects every single one of us completely different, but it affects us all in the same way. Exactly. And I just think what we have is such an amazing world of true support and love. Yep. And don't you also find that you have followers that don't even have MS that follow you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll have people that have family members or um, like friends and they just kind of want to be able to learn more to be able to help their friend or mm -hmm. um, relative to kind of know what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. I mean, you can read it on paper. But until you really hear the stories of multiple people living with multiple sclerosis, you truly then can kind of relate. Like when people say, "What I?" but I don't understand, how can you be in pain but you look normal? That not that another question we get all the time? All the time. But you look great. You look normal. Are you sure you're ill? That is the one, <laughs> right? We are constantly getting that question. And it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, my outside of the body looks normal. Right. It's the We've inside. on looking perfectly fine. Like, we should all be actors and actresses. Right? Perfected it. Uh, we have all perfected it. Like, I think we're probably, we could have the, our own television show and be actors and actresses. Because when you first don't know you're diagnosed, you're trying to live in a world that doesn't really accept differences, but we do accept differences. So it's like, it's kind of like that thing, the balance of life, right? So you're feeling all these things happening to you, but you're like, oh my God, am I going crazy? Like I used to think I was being haunted, literally. People like look at you and they can't. But they don't know what's wrong with you, but you're right. feeling, you're getting electrocuted. You're getting pins and needles. All of a sudden, you can't speak. You can't even write the word and. Yeah, like you'll look like there's nothing going on. Right? Yeah, it's insane. 
it it is definitely a disease that needs more awareness on both sides of the disease the destruction of the disease plus the empowerment the disease gives you when you open up to it and say you're not taking me down anymore yeah the amount of people that were like you're too young to like have like be in a wheelchair or have a cane and a walker or you look like you're having too fun with that walker it's hard to feel bad for you and i'm like (laughs) that's the look i get people and then i say how much time do you have (laughs) Yeah, right? Right? Do you you want me to cry and be sad? Because that's not really who I am. So, yes, I'm having a good time with my walker, cane, or wheelchair because I'm living my life. Just because you don't see that there's something wrong with me doesn't mean that there's not something wrong. So, it's definitely been a very informative journey. Yes. And, you know, I, I... In 2012, when my body finally just completely shut down, they still didn't know what was wrong with me. I was blinded, paralyzed, couldn't speak, nothing for weeks on end, in and out of the hospital from one doctor to the next. Fired three neurologists until I found Dr. Chowen. She sat and listened to me for two hours, and we went back until the age from two all the way to the age that I was diagnosed. That's the kind of doctor you need. hundred percent. Which is yeah, what we talked about. Me- sat on my bed and said, this is what we're thinking it is. And if it's not, we're going to figure it out. And yeah. If it is, we're going to figure out how to make it better. Right. So um, I think it's super important to find a doctor who believes you, who listens to you, and wants to work with you to create a plan so that you get a say in your life, not just a doctor saying, oh, well, you have to do A, B, and C, and that's it. Like, that's not how life works. But you just made another great comment. We're not A, B, and C. There is no perfect box, as I call it. Nobody fits in a perfect box. The world is a huge masterpiece of DNA, of spirit, of love and light, and also of darkness. And we all live that every day. So you can't say this A, B, and C are going to work for you because it doesn't. I've had many, many MS medicines. My brain was slowing down for a minute there. And they almost destroyed me, literally. Like it doesn't, just the awareness of some of the drugs scare the shit out of me when I read them. Oh, yeah. No, I get people that are like, I'm really scared about this drug. And I'm like, they are scary. But also getting more lesions and getting having your MS kind of progress is also really scary. So it's kind of finding what is going to work for you and what makes the most sense and what your doctor kind of thinks outweighs the other one. Mm -hmm. And then also how you feel about it. Like you get to have a say in your your way of healing right it's your body it's your life exactly and i preach that all the time Uh, pharma doesn't always work for everybody and i'm talking pharma pharmaceuticals um i was on pharmaceuticals for so many years and it was it they were destroying me that finally now with my longevity doctors i am only on my cymbalta in the morning for my serotonin drug 
to keep yeah. my happiness at a certain level. And then I have my tremor medication because, as you know, at the end of the day, we kind of turn it into an earthquake, right? When we finally relax in our bed, it's kind of like, oh, I used to think, oh, my God, we're having an earthquake. It, it was never the earthquake living in California. It was me. the earthquake <laughs> right so those are the only two um ms drugs i take everything else i do is holistic medication i get my blood drawn every three months i have my serotonin levels checked every three months and i'm constantly just looking for things that are going to make me happy and being happy as they always said laughter is the best medicine yeah. So, um, what inspires you daily to get up out of the bed? Because there are mornings that we we feel, all of us, all three million and counting, there's days that our body just will not move. We can't even, like, yeah. make a grip. It feels like yeah. we have the trained. Claw. Yeah, the claw. Like, we have trained a thousand hours, and we didn't do anything the day before. So yeah. what inspires you to get up when you're feeling like um, that? I would say, first of all, having a dog um, definitely makes me get up most days. Um, that's not saying that I don't have other days where leaving my bed is pretty much impossible. Mm -hmm. um, but having a dog that I have to take care of her, I put her needs above mine most days. So it kind of keeps me moving and getting out of bed and kind of making sure I'm taking care of her because if I'm taking care of her in the end I'm sort of taking care of myself because I'm moving I'm getting her fed um I'm taking her outside so I'm getting my vitamin my natural vitamin D yes um so it's kind of she kind of makes sure that I continue to live um on days when I'm like eh, I'd rather just stay in bed and not move uh -huh. um and then also my family um, definitely helps inspire me. My nephew will FaceTime me Aww. and talk to me for like 15, 20 minutes just to have a little catch-up. Um, so, so kind sweet. of just having a very close-knit family definitely mm -hmm. helps inspire me daily because they check on me, make sure that I'm kind of functioning that day. Yeah. And to make sure that I ate food today, that I... Um, drink a lot of water so just kind of having those people check on me and make sure that I'm doing the bare minimum on mm -hmm. those days that functioning is hard functioning is hard and it's funny because it, it's become it's become humor in my home and and I swear my children take advantage of me there you know our brain fog and how we have memory loss oh. 100%, yeah. We literally are like a time, mach time machine, but those parts of those memories are lost. They don't come together. They don't come together, and you're like, wait a minute. How did I get from here when I was there? Like, it's literally like a blank piece of paper, and it's lost. So yeah, they, one day I was trying to talk about going to the hospital, somewhere that I know frequently, and uh -huh. I couldn't think of the word. I said, I need to uh, go. There's doctors. Um, like, they can take care of you really quickly. And someone was like, 
Min, are you trying to say that you need to go to the hospital? I was like, yeah, that. And it's like, your brain just doesn't work sometimes. Yeah, just gets lost. Yeah, it's like, yeah, no, you don't need to think today. Yeah. That's what we call brain fog, everybody. Yeah. It just gets lost. Space and time. Yeah. <laughs> so this, I, hopefully your friends don't take advantage of you that way. But my children are always like, but mom, you said I could. Or my daughter's like, but you said I could buy that. And I'm like, I don't remember that. And they're like, but mom, you have that mess. I'm like, that's not fair. From now on, you have to put it in writing. And you need me to sign it. So in two days, I'll remember, oh, I did tell you that. Now I'll watch a movie and I'm laughing hysterically and I'm loving the movie, right? Like we all have our favorite movies to put on and then the next night at dinner we'll be like, that was a great movie and then I look at everybody and I'm like, wait, what did we watch last night? And then they say the name and I'm like, oh yeah! Okay, yeah, guys. Weekend, my friend was like, oh, so like, what did you watch this weekend? Did you find anything that was like really good movie, TV? And I was like, I don't. my TV was on. Right? Yeah. Right. So everyone listening, this is what MS does to us. So we both look normal. We do. <laughs> but our brain is not. <laughs> it's not. It is. Brains are a very crazy thing. And the fact that one day you can be like on it, everything's making yep. sense, everything is coming out clearly, and the next day, slurring words, brain fog, overdrive. Or your yeah. face is looking yeah. like you're suffering a stroke. Yeah. Like the whole side is just kind of like, ah. Yeah. That is what MS is. For all of you watching that have no clue what MS is, everything we're talking about is every symptom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it gets worse. We could talk down. We could go down the path of peeing and pooping. That's a whole nother story. We can, we can just keep going. <laughs> the list is forever ending. And you can learn to do what we're doing, laugh about it, because... Exactly. If you don't laugh about it, you're going to cry. Crying just, mm -hmm. it's not Crying increases the pain, and and it's almost like an energy vampire in our brain. That just, the more that we're upset, the more that we stress, the more that we fatigue... The body fatigue, just breaks out even more. The, it, our brain attacks us even harder. So yep. when we find a new MSer that's having a difficulty time and you're hearing those letters and you can feel that pain, that's why we reach out to each other. Because we've all been you gotta, there. You gotta laugh because your body will not be happy if you keep being angry, sad, unfortunately, you also have to be able to laugh. Yeah, I do have those emotions. I scream a lot. And, and yeah, and then when I really need to laugh, I get my car, put the roof down and sing really loud. And I probably oh. will get pulled over one day for noise issues. No, <laughs> singing in your car has been like therapy for me. Right. For a very long time. But like more so now, like even sometimes on my very weak days, I hum because mm. I can't get words out. But at least I like feel like I'm like getting those emotions out mm -hmm. hardcore without having to be like super angry because I'm just singing a song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. So true. Okay, so 
Next question I want to ask you is, what are your favorite things to do? Now, I know what they are, but let's t you tell the audience what they are. So, my one thing that I always say that I love is traveling, which we can't mm -hmm. really do right now. True. Um, I'm one of those people that I don't like staying in one place very long, because I love learning new things, kind of like how I was saying earlier, is I love learning and kind of continuously bringing new things into my brain. Um, so traveling definitely does that, learning new cultures, trying new food, um, mm -hmm. seeing new um, landscapes and everything. So traveling is one of my like top things that I love to do because it kind of keeps me feeling refreshed yeah. even when my body's like, eh, not so much. Um, so I also like to paint and bake. Um, I actually owned my own cupcake bakery mm -hmm. when I was in college. Yeah, tell us um, about that, because I remember yeah. you wrote that in one of your stories. Yeah, so um, one day I was very much like, you know what, I kind of want to do something. I want mm -hmm. to create my own business and kind of be able to go through the ropes, so if later on in my life that's something that I kind of want to do, um, I have some experience. So um, I had a friend help me create a logo and create a website. Um, everyone kind of loves my family's buttercream, so it was kind of one of those things that it was a no-brainer that I wanted a cupcake shop because that was something I found so fun. Um, so I just kind of created it and then contacted a bunch of people at my one job. We had an open house, and so I made cupcakes like mini cupcakes like this big yeah. um, and handed them out with my business card for the open house. Um, so I kind of just did like events. Um, so you became an entrepreneur while you were in college mm -hmm. doing something that you love. That's amazing. Yes. So it was just kind of one of those things that one day I woke up and wanted to do it. So I did it. <laughs> That's um, amazing. I love that. not a bunch of like back end or anything. It was just one day I was like, you know what? I want to do this and now I'm going to do it. So. I love that you did that. And that's before you knew you had MS. Right. Yeah, so that was still in college. I didn't find out I had MS until 20, the end of 2018, 2019. Okay. All right. So um, I was 2012 when I finally had that brain MRI and spinal tap. And then finally all the pieces of the puzzle were finally put together. Right. So you're just recently really learning the disease, but you've come along super fast with just being diagnosed in 2018 yeah, because I'm one of the people that I'd like to like really go all in yeah if I am super passionate or I need to know something I dive pretty pretty deep yeah that's amazing and I and I truly believe that the way that you are doing your business today with um media and uh help me out de not demographics uh web pages oh yeah I think that you've learned so much in a short period of time than probably over 3.1 million of us around the world that has taken years to find those strengths that you could probably come up with a support group of just being diagnosed. You know how to do the, the technology. Right. You're intelligent. Yeah. You live there. And you, kind of like yeah. in the, my brain that kind of goes back and forth of, what my family would have liked to know, what I would have liked to know, and different like outlets that are 
been helpful for me Mm -hmm. um, and kind of being able to have that available to other people because I think it's super important um, and hearing from family members where their teenage daughter just got diagnosed and what do I tell her? What do I... um, So having people reach out to me in that way, um, being able to have one outlet that could kind of be that for people, I think it'd be super helpful. I think that'd be amazing, Amanda, because we don't have that right now in our world. Like we have you know, multiple sclerosis society. We have um, the the campaign that I'm doing right now, the um, MS push-ups, the 100,000 push-ups, and they built a program that's all free. It's nonprofit. And right. anyone with being diagnosed with MS, there's so much information on that site. But what I'm talking about is from your point of view, your generation, because this disease does not have a cure and it's going to continue to happen and it has continued to happen and the first diagnosis was in the early 1800s when you go back in history so it's been around for centuries and people just thought we were crazy we were marked as no you're going to the loony bin because we we can't find anything wrong with you it's not like a broken bone but no because you can see that you can like feel it and exactly. know, but when someone can't actually look inside your brain, and right? Test your spinal fluid. Yeah, and to get approved to have a, a brain MRI and a spinal tap is extremely difficult. You have to go through so many hoops and ladders just to get a, your insurance to approve it. Yeah, I remember when I mean I actually had a spinal tap when I was a baby. Um, so I've had three spinal taps already in my life, um, and my second one, well, my second and third one have still come back negative, so it's still not showing up in my spinal fluid, but... It's showing up in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of effort that had to go through to get those, especially the third one, because they're like, why? You just had one a couple years ago, and they're like, because we're doing a whole markup because this is what we think it is. Um, so kind of, once you actually have a doctor that believes you and wants to fight for you, then they'll make sure that you get the test done. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that we've kind of been talking about through this whole thing is once you have a doctor who actually is ready to work with you, all those hoops that you continue to go through before will be so much easier because someone is there to be like, no, she needs this. This is why. Or he needs this because this is why. Yeah. So having that person is super important to make sure that you're getting the correct testing done. Exactly. Getting it done. Exactly. And I didn't realize that I had to fend for myself. And it wasn't until I had a, I'm not going to say who it was, but it was a male neurologist say to me, all this happened to you because of your surgeries, your hysterectomy and your double mastectomy. There's nothing wrong with you. You'll be good in a year. I walked out of there. I fired him immediately. And another dear do- friend of mine that I write about in the book um, said, "I, Domer, you have MS. I'm not a neurologist, but I'm looking at your brain MRI. You really need to go see Dr. Cho in. Yeah. She was my savior. Yeah. And... It was just so amazing to finally put the pieces of the puzzle together. But you have to stand up for yourself. For sure. When you um, know something's right. wrong. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If a man is sick 
and he goes in the doctor and I'm not discriminating guys I'm really not but doctors listen to men more than they do women and if anyone wants to prove me wrong then send me a DM with that being said a car everybody gets a new car every now and then right they take perfectly good care of their car because their car says you need an oil change your tires are low but if this car was not talking to us would we be bringing our cars in to have tune-ups well our bodies need a tune-up every day and it's us that are feeling those lights going off and on which you yeah. then need to write down to tell the doctor exactly and yeah. fight so, to find out what is wrong yeah um i started blocking out anytime my heart rate went up to a certain point so i found a new neurologist to kind of figure it out to just see passing out just to figure it out um he told me that it was because i was a female and hormones that i needed to suck it up and just have kids because that'll cure my migraines and vertigo and that i definitely don't have ms so he's not wasting time and effort on figuring it out okay i want his name when we get off <laughs> But it kind of made you feel like, okay, then I, I am crazy. Right. Um, so it was this whole thing, and it was like, eh, we really don't know what's going on. Um, and until I couldn't walk, couldn't lift my arms, and lost all functionality in my left side, that they finally started doing te more testing and to try to figure it out. But, yeah, no, I'm sure we all have those stories of doctors who have told us many things many many yes that's why I wrote the book and yes. living with phantoms and um, yeah I still live with phantoms every single day but now I accept them and now I'm just like okay you may be trying to beat me down today but I'm gonna fight back with positivity and light and love and laughter exactly. and but then sometimes it wins and I gotta no. just give no. into it and let it ride its course and then try to come back exactly but that's life everybody deals with physical exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly so Amanda you've had such amazing insight inspiration beautiful yeah. conversation about what yes. you went through is there one thing you can tell um, the audience right now leaving the show if they've never heard MS or they don't understand it, what would be that one thing to set that you can send them to or advise them? Um, I'm trying to think. I would pretty much just kind of search MS Warrior on Instagram. You're going to be able to see a bunch of different stories, see a mm -hmm. bunch of people's symptoms, and kind of be able to find your own community that you kind of can relate to that you can kind of connect with because I think finding that community on your own is kind of important yeah I know that that was something that sort of helped me the most is finding the people that really that have me. MS yeah. yeah or that are related to somebody with MS yeah just kind of finding that community I think has been the biggest help um having different outlets that's kind of been my mm -hmm 
best and easiest one because you can talk to people in real time. You don't have to wait for someone to reply. Like, it's all kind of right there yeah. um, at your fingertips. So that's exactly. kind of what I would do if I was just diagnosed or if I had someone. Um, yeah, hashtags are big. Because you don't know anyone's Instagram account, but hashtags are big. And we all use uh, hashtag MS, hashtag oh, MS warrior, hashtag multiple sclerosis awareness, hashtag whatever has to do with MS. You can find so many of us just through a hashtag. Brings you straight to their Instagram. You get to look at it. You get to read and relate. And that's how I am now following 6,000 people that I'm right. following. I think it's so easy to be able to kind of find the people that you connect the most with. Like, just exactly. because someone has a mess doesn't mean that you're going to connect with them. True. And that's okay. Finding the people that you can ask questions to and you feel comfortable mm-hmm. with, I think is the most important strategy when it comes to first getting diagnosed so that you yeah. kind of have those people. Um, I know whenever I first got diagnosed, I found a couple people at the beginning and they were my like saving grace because yeah. it was like, I got told I have atypical MS, what does this mean? And just kind of finding those people that kind of understood um, have definitely helped. Mm-hmm. So definitely find some hashtags. Um, you'll definitely find a lot of super strong and amazing stories. You really will. You really will. We have time for chit-chat game, the brain game. So we've got one minute. Oh, my gosh. We're only going to be able to pick, like, one card. So right, left, or middle? Let's go middle. Middle. Okay. This is where i got to hide my eyes so you guys know I'm not, like, you know, pre-planning anything. All right. So here it is. All right. The question is, what is your funniest story you've ever heard about your grandparents? Funniest story. Isn't that funny? Oh, what a question. Can you see that? That right? is a funny question. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I know what it is. Okay, so my grandpa loved Halloween. So he made my family kind of go away from the house and he teepeed the whole house. Um, so that when they came back, they thought that it was someone else and it got in the newspaper. <laughs> um, so my grandpa's love of Halloween which is now my mom's house. So it's the house that I kind of finished growing up in. Um, so That's just, amazing. <laughs> oh, why does it always cut me off? Amanda interview about multiple sclerosis.